everyone, and welcome to another episode of Call It Into Ring. And tonight we're talking about the Royal Rumble. And you are listening to this episode on a Tuesday because we decided to release this episode a full, like, three, four days before the usual release date because we have a lot to talk about with this 2019 reaction episode. Ed, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good. I'm good, man. But uh, today's kind of a big day for you. It's uh, it's your it's your isn't it your ten year uh, your ten year anniversary today? It is our ten year anniversary. It is it is um it is my wife's night ten year anniversary of of knowing each other of of dating. Yeah, we congratulations. Six years, six years. We've been married for six years, but yes, ten years. I can't believe it because this year is special, and I guess we will go ahead and just announce it here for calling in the ring. Um, but uh, not only is it my 10-year anniversary with my wife, but it's also my 10-year anniversary of podcasting, and mine and yours. Yes, it is. So um, this was not planned here, fans. But, uh, you know, we are going to be releasing in the month of February a bunch of little episodes that have nothing to do with anything. Just a bunch of old podcast uh, hosts um, who uh, got together over the past 10 years and talked about everything for podcasting. So we're excited about that. So it's pretty awesome. Sure got, yeah. 10 years of podcasting, 10 years with the same woman and 10 years of me and you knowing each other. Uh, I feel much less fortunate for having ever met you. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> we have good shows. We listen, we, we had, we do, we, 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 this is the most, uh, you know, this thing we've been doing now for the last 10 years, we've been doing things on and off, uh, Calling in the ring and uh, and movie guys podcast is the most successful thing we've ever done. And you know, thanks to everybody who uh, who listens to us. And uh, but most importantly, most importantly, seriously, congratulations on your ten years of knowing your wife, six years of marriage. So that's uh, it's kind of a big deal. I know, right? I mean, like it sounds cliche that we get into the show. Uh, every time she goes to see her sister in Chicago, I can't go because I work weekends, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. Because I'm just like, oh, yes, I get to do whatever I want. I'm going to sleep in the middle of the bed. I'm excited as shit. It's my bed, right? I'm excited. Sure. sure. Within the first 30 minutes, I'm like, well, I'm bored. <laughs> Where's my wife? <laughs> miss your, you miss your wife? <laughs> well, you know, I am, a, I am a firm believer that if you can't fuck with your spouse, then what's the point? Exactly. I love practical jokes on Gina a lot. I just like to fuck with her. And it's fun. And that makes me sound terrible. But, you know, she is a fun person to be around. So, yeah, congratulations to us, I would say, for our 10 years. And uh, being you for our 10 years of knowing each other and 10 years of podcasting. So, let's get into Royal Rumble 2019. This is a first for a call in the ring. We are talking about a modern-day wrestling event. Mm Mm-hmm. Ed, I don't know why we decided to do this. I, I guess maybe the stars were aligned that because we planned this like a month in advance. And I think the stars were telling us that this was going to be probably one of the greatest WWE pay-per-views of all time, maybe. Well, there was a little secret that I've, I – there was a big reason why I pushed this, and it didn't happen. And I'm extremely disappointed that it didn't happen. But I guess I kind of – halfway expected it not to um, because dirt sheets, rumor mills, whatever you want to call them, my man, the one of the top five greatest wrestlers in the world, supposedly is coming to WWE, and I thought it was going to be 
for this for this uh, for the Royal Rumble. My man Kenny Omega, and unfortunately, uh, he didn't show up. So I was a little disappointed, but it was still a great pay per view. It worked out in our favor. Um, yeah. You know, it really did. I mean, this from top to bottom, this was probably top ten at least, if not top five, Royal Rumble uh, total pay per views of all time, including the, 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 you know, the, the battle Royal, the Royal Rumbles themselves, mm-hmm. men's and women's. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it worked out in our favor. We, it's kind of, kind of why I wanted to do it. Didn't eventually show up cause I was trying to trap you into a Kenny Omega conversation without you knowing it. Yeah. I don't want to uh, talk about that. But I yeah. know you don't, I know you don't, <laughs> but I was trying to thinking that it was going to happen mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. Yeah, I but mean, like, and you definitely said it. this is one of the one of the best Royal Rumbles pay per views and matches we've had in a long time. And I will also argue that this is probably since I started my wrestling career again in 2016. For the past two years, besides the WrestleManias, let's just excuse, let's just get those out of the way. Uh, this is probably maybe one of the top pay-per-views I've seen since 2016. This is a great pay-per-view. So fans, if you are coming into Royal Rumble 2019 expecting part two of an Ed and Jordan beheading fight, I don't think you're going to get that this episode. I think you're going to get a very, very interesting episode. You may. I have some interesting things that I know you're going to really hate, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But before we talk about the pay-per-view, the matches and everything, I want to talk about something I was really impressed with. So, first of all, they book this thing at Chase Field where the Arizona Diamondbacks play. Now, Ed, you lived in Arizona for a little bit, and you were were there when they were building Chase Field. But Mm -hmm. when I heard that this was going to be a Chase Field, I know that stadium because I am a baseball fan, and I know it has like a glass roof in a way. It's kind of indoors, outdoors. It depends on the weather. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited to see the Royal Rumble in a fucking stadium like a WrestleMania. This this was like a mini WrestleMania, don't you think? I, I agree. Um, and, you know, the thing was, is I got my timeline wrong. I I was there when it was already built. I got my timeline wrong. That's my mistake. I, I, I prepped you incorrectly. <laughs> um I was I, I I don't know what I was thinking about when I was saying they they, they must have been building something else uh, because after our conversation uh, I did a little bit more research and the thing opened uh, twenty years ago and I was I was way off so well, I, I make that, I, that old, yeah it's, yeah I made that mistake uh, maybe they, I don't know what else they were building at the time I, I maybe I mixed up but yeah I mean I don't remember it something like this ever being in an, in an event like this because. You know, I always think of the Royal Rumble at, like, the iconic uh, Madison Square Garden. You know, I get why they can't do that anymore because you need the big stage for the entrances, like the long run-up and and stuff like that. Um, But I always think of, you know, think of especially, like, the moment when John Cena returned (coughs) at the Royal Rumble, like, when the the doors opened up there and whatnot. But, But, yeah, I mean, I was thoroughly impressed, and I'm glad extremely happy that they were able to fit damn near 50,000 people in there. Yeah. It was incredible. It was awesome. It made, it made fun. It made it fun to watch because the fans were into it. Now let's, let's talk about that. Cause I was going to bring that up, but thank you for beating me to the punch. I 
did not get an opportunity to watch the pre-show, but I turned it on um, at seven o'clock. Now, for, now for the fans that are listening to this right now, we're behind the scenes here. We are recording this on a Monday night during Raw right now. I actually have mm-hmm. Raw in the background muted, uh, but um, I turned it on at seven o'clock last night on Sunday. And as soon as I turned it on, I, I looked at my wife and I said, "Gina, this is a party." <laughs> I mean, like, I had this, I had this aura or whatever you want to call it, right? Like I had this wave come over me of, "Oh, this is like a WrestleMania!" Like, 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 like you could tell when a crowd is into something, and this crowd was just into it, everything, hook, line, and sinker, and it, it made me get excited. Um, I loved the ring. Um, I love the setup that they had with the ring. Um, I also found it interesting too. I was disappointed for a, for a, for a few seconds, but then I realized why they did it. The entrance didn't have the big Titantron. It didn't have the big pizzazz like a WrestleMania. But I realized that this is a baseball stadium. Yeah, and they needed people to see because they had people right behind the entrance because clearly mm-hmm. the uh, wrestlers were coming out from the dugout. I, I would, yeah, I, I would imagine so. Either that, or they were coming out from the outfield. Uh, like there's ways to get into in and around stadiums from the outfield and whatnot. I, I, I don't know. I would think. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how the thing was set up. It just looked like it was coming from the outfield. Yeah, but I, I it could have been a dugout. I, I don't know. But either way, it worked really well. There was no pizzazz. There was no Titantron. But they did do a lot of digital effects with all mm-hmm. the uh, with all the. Um, well, they had the big thing up in the center. They they erected that big big giant stage looking thing in in where the ring was centered. Oh yeah, and they, of course they, they did, did have they did have some stuff above that. They did, but I'm talking about you know like you know how yeah I know yeah the big time mask you know at the top of the stage and whatnot yeah yeah so I was I was like oh but I was like oh I get it now so I was excited. And um, this pay-per-view I was excited for because the match card. The card was so interesting to me. I was invested in pretty much 95% of the matches that were, that were going to be taking place. So let's talk about the first match. Uh, the first match of the night on the main card was Asuka against Becky Lynch for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. This match lasted for 17 minutes and 10 seconds. Oscar came in in the champion, and she ended up defeating Becky Lynch by submission. Ed, how say you? What do you feel about this match with Oscar versus Becky? Well, I've said this to you in private, and I'm going to say this now to all of our fans of Call It in the Ring. Uh, the whole Call It in the Ring verse. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, but specifically Becky, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are the two best professional wrestlers in the world. They beat everybody. I don't mean gender aside, age aside. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, but Becky Lynch is number one wrestler in the entire world. Seriously. Number Number three is AJ Styles. Number four is Kenny Omega. Number five is Cody Rhodes. Okay? Becky Lynch is number one best, hands down, professional wrestler in the world. What makes Becky so fucking good in your opinion? Her ability to sell everything that she's doing and make you believe it. Her her abilities to take fantastic bumps. Her on the mic skills. Okay. Her 
in-ring performances get me excited. Her character, like she's she's the man. She is the man. And you know, the fact that she's she embodies there's no kayfabe. She doesn't break kayfabe ever. You know, you get on everybody's Twitter, everybody's Instagram, even Charlotte Flair. Right, you know, I remember for, I remember New Year's on her social media. I remember on Charlotte Flair's social media. I watched a video of her and Nia Jax and uh, and and uh, um, oh god, I forget who all who all else was there. Uh, Alexa Bliss. You're all getting drunk and dancing and partying, which is fine. I mean, I'm friends with the people I work with too, but they put that on social media, you know, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's there's no. You know, there's everybody breaks kayfabe in professional wrestling today, except for Becky Lynch. You get on her social media, and it's all about how she wants to beat the piss out of Charlotte Flair or Asuka or whomever. And I'm really glad that Asuka stepped her game up in the last couple of months because I thought that this was going to be the Becky Lynch show. I thought Becky Lynch was just going to eat her alive. I did predict... I did no, predict. Save it, save it. Okay, okay. But um, I think Becky Lynch is the best professional wrestler in the world. I'm giving this a the maximum fucking rating you can give for a match. Hands down. This thing opened it up, and it's, it's a, that's a five-star match. Yeah, no, it was a five-star match. I actually want to talk about Asuka here for a little bit because you talk about Becky. Um, Oscar, I have a love hate with Oscar Ed, and it's okay. like when I first got back into WWE in 2016, there was no Oscar. I didn't know much about Next. I'm sorry, NXT. Mm-hmm. But you know, she was a part of it, but I didn't know much about it. You know, I was trying to get into it, and then in 2017, boom, here comes Oscar, and she is the Empress of Tomorrow, and she's never been defeated, and she's like the female Goldberg. Sure. I, that really struck a chord with me because I remember going back to our Goldberg episode, how excited I was as a kid, you know, to see to see Goldberg be this undefeated beast of a person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now we got Asuka, who is clearly not the same build as Goldberg, but she's just she she finds a way to win and she finds a way to win clean every time. You know, yeah. like, you know, like, you yeah. know, like, you know, like, look, Oscar wasn't winning by hitting chair shots when a ref is down. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, right, right. Do I think that her move sets are great? No, not really. I'm actually not impressed with Oscar's move sets, you know, like her running and throwing her ass into you. It's, it's nothing that the Oscar lock, it's like, it's weird. They, to they, me. They've begun calling it a hip, uh, a hip uh, what is it? A hip bump? Hip bump, but it's a hip bump. Yeah. Yeah, she's throwing her butt right in your face. Yeah, yeah, her, her butts. I mean, it reminds yeah, it reminds me of Xbox's uh, Bronco Buster from the nineties, <laughs> but the but, other side, <laughs> but the other side, yeah, the stinky side. Yeah, well, Xbox could be a stinky side, and you know, maybe maybe yeah. nowadays he's got a little might have a little bit of uh, of some gangrenous. There you go. Uh, things falling out of there. Yes, Xbox, we don't hate you. So, no. but. Uh, the match was fun. It got me into it because I always am excited when I get into a pay-per-view that I'm really excited about because I want to know what matches first. Because sure. you don't know. I mean, like, maybe other people out there can tell us other ways, other ways of actually finding out what the order of the match card is. But according to Wikipedia, where I get the match card from, it's all jumbled out of order. So I don't know what's going on. Because according to Wikipedia, 
the women's rumble was first. You know what I mean? Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where they they're getting their stuff. I mean, pulling out of their ass is where they're getting it from. <laughs> yeah, people people just build that. People just build uh, Wikipedia pages, and then other people edit it. It's just easier to keep what was there. Yeah. So, Oscar Becky Lynch started it off. I loved that. I thought it was a good match. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it my first five-star rating, just like Ed here for Call of the Ring, because I don't think we've ever given a match a five-star rating yet. Um, um, I don't know that I ever have either. Which is sad, because I just want to go back to our Armageddon pay-per-view. Real quick. Mm-hmm. This, is sure, Oscar versus, this is Oscar versus Becky Lynch. Two great female wrestlers, right? At the height of their career. The height of their prime, right? Yep, yep, yep. You're going to tell me, just just listen to this. Just forget about that we watched and reviewed Armageddon, okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that Asuka and Becky Lynch was a better match than Triple H, Kurt Angle, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Rikishi, and The Rock in a Hell in a Cell match for the title. Now, you just listen to that statement real quick. You're just thinking, that Armageddon match, Six man hell in the cell for the title should be like the greatest match ever. Should completely just blow anything that Mick Foley ever did with the hell in the cell. Mm. Those are the six top guys. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And it's like, no, we didn't give that one a five star. I think we I think we gave that one a one or a two star rating. So it's just fascinating to me to go back and listen to that episode and see that this match, the opening match of Royal Rumble, is a million times better. Mm-hmm. Breaks yeah. my heart, and and you know, keep in mind you haven't, and I can't, I cannot wait for Kenny Omega to finally make his WWE debut because you will be seeing more five star matches. Okay, um, but for me, I think from this point forward, a Becky Lynch match to me will start out at five stars, and it will deduct from there. Seriously. Just like a match with Brock Lesnar is an automatic one star, and then the other person can carry it and add certain things, which we'll get into later uh, with the with the Universal Title ba- uh, match. But I think from this moment forward, Becky Lynch is so good, you have to just assume the match is going to be five stars. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Becky Lynch is awesome. I've always liked her. I liked her when I first got back into wrestling, and she was the Irish last kicker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I miss the goggles, but I'm excited. Steampunk phase. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, definitely the steampunk. Um, but to, uh, to say one more thing about Becky, we'll watch the second match is I'm really excited to see her now because my wife is really excited to see her now, because if you remember fans fear of the call on the ring, this guy with two thumbs here, Jordan got front row tickets to SmackDown at the Huntington center in Toledo, Ohio on February 12th, baby. Yeah, but sure I'll make sure to be streaming if I can or take pictures if I can at the event. So my wife's like, hey, is Becky still going to be a part of SmackDown because the superstar shakeup and stuff? I said, oh, yeah. She's like, that's like Becky Lynch is like it's like big. I was like, I know. So I'm like really excited now for SmackDown <laughs> to see Becky. Fucking you should up. always be excited for SmackDown. I, I mean, I was excited last uh, last time I was in SmackDown in Toledo, Ohio was uh, when it was uh, the six-man gauntlet match, and Rusev won that match. That was in June of 2018. Wow. So, 
The next match, second match of the card, was a match that uh, my wife was not invested into. Um, I don't know the storyline much. I know a little bit of it. But it was The Miz and Shane McMahon, and they went up against The Bar, who is Cesaro and Sheamus, who were the SmackDown Tag Champions at the time. And The Miz and Shane McMahon defeated The Bar to become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. That match lasted for 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Man, The Miz has has a McMahon boner going on, doesn't he? Sure he does. I mean, Shane McMahon, look, look, Shane McMahon can out-wrestle even today, but he can legitimately out-wrestle half the guys on the roster. The dude, you know, like, it's sort of cliche at this point, but when he gets up there getting ready to do something high-flying and he, he genuflects and he gives himself the sign of the cross, and then he just makes this crazy-ass jump, you know, uh, I love watching a Shane McMahon match because there's something exciting is going to happen. You know, I, I, I loved, you know, watching, watching Shawn Michaels for a lot of the same reasons. I loved watching – I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying that, you know, there were something exciting. Flying, something's going to happen. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to have anything to do with necessarily high flying. It's something exciting is going to happen. When Shane McMahon steps in the ring. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm saying this. But the dude who basically is about to inherit the fucking kingdom has no problems laying it out there. Like, he wants to give the fans a great show. Um, The Miz is a fantastic in-ring performer. Um, You know, he's he's, he's one of the top guys that they they have. They don't push him properly, I don't think. I don't. Nec- I wish they would give him a universal title uh, run. If not, you know, at least a, uh, at least a shot. Maybe not at Brock Lesnar, but because well, he you know, can. He's on SmackDown, so no. But I mean, title. but I hear. I want. Here's the thing. I need all these real guys to move over to the Raw because that's where the fucking talent is. Legitimately, SmackDown is is the B team. Um, I I but with that being said, the Sheamus and Cesaro are both also great in ring performers. There's not a bad in ring performer in this entire uh, in this entire card, with the exception of Brock Lesnar. Uh, but um, and Daniel Bryan's extremely overrated as well. Uh, but I'm going to give this match for what it was. I'm going to give this match a two and a half star rating. Um, wasn't great. Wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. I enjoyed it. Um, I just. I found myself checking my phone during the match. Nice. And yeah. to me, you know, it wasn't that it was boring, but I, I, I just, you know, it's, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I, the fact that I checked my phone during a title, a, you know, a tag team championship match with Shane McMahon uh, says something for those who don't know me. So um, two and a half stars. Who was the current Raw tag team titles, guys? I don't fucking know. Oh, the, uh, see. Um, they're like the Ascension or something. I don't know. No, I don't know who those guys are. I'm going to find out live on air right now because I am fucking curious. And you know what? This is embarrassing to admit, but I, with the exception of pay-per-views, I, and, and I'm probably going to have to get back in it because... Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, they're currently... There we go. That, there we go. Um, with the exception of, of the pay-per-views, I don't watch a whole lot of modern-day WWE because... Most of it sucks. A lot of it sucks. Um, this I'm, I'm going to disagree. This, but this pay per view, this pay per view gave me a little bit of hope. 
and yeah, we're recording during Raw, so that is what that is. But we have some some personal things that we need to take care of later in the week, um, so that's why we're doing it today. Uh, but but I, I I find myself making time to watch the pay per views, but because of what I've been given the last five five four or five years, I I didn't care. I don't care about what happens on Raw. Well, uh, or SmackDown. Well, okay, so before I'm going to go on a rant about Raw here, let me talk about Shane real quick, because I'm sure that we will eventually sometime here with Call of the Ring, we will have a Shane McMahon episode, because there's a tons of matches that were iconic that he was part of that we will, I'm sure, get into. I've, I've never sure. thought about doing a Shane McMahon episode, but that sounds like a good idea. Uh, one of the things about Shane McMahon that impresses me that you said about him doing the high flying and the coast-to-coast jump is that he's doing exactly what his father said to do. Uh, there's a famous bump that Vince McMahon did against Stone Cold Steve Austin in a cage match at St. Valentine's Day Massacre where the Big Show mm-hmm. finally showed up for the first time. Yep, yep, yep. That's where Stone Cold and uh, Vince McMahon were on the side of the cage and he uh, Stone Cold hits McMahon and he flies off the cage and he hits a, hits a, uh, hits a announcement table. Yeah. He almost broke his back in real life. Yeah. That because he didn't know how to take the bump. Mm-hmm. And Vince McMahon has been famously said that I will never ask my superstars to do something that I will not be willing to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's true for Shane. I think, I think, I think Shane took that, and I think Shane still deep down is a part of the extreme era of wrestling, like the Hardys, the Dudleys. You know what I mean? To where yeah. he will go above and beyond and do these things because he first introduced the coast to coast at WrestleMania 17 when he was in a street fight against his father. Well, and, and you got to remember, Shane McMahon also spent years uh, in Japan, and that's that's what they do in, in Japan. So now the Miz, uh, the Miz, I always find fun for me. So in the late '90s and early 2000s, uh, you could not pull me away from MTV. Uh, MTV was my bread and butter. You had TRL when he came home from school. Um, just great shows, uh, spanking new music week, cribs, you know, all that shit. But they had a show that I just really loved. They had the real world. Oh, is that what you like, The Miz? <laughs> and then in and and then in the year two thousand, it was their tenth year anniversary of the real world, and they went back to New York. That was the thing. The real world back to New York, and they had a guy in there, Mike Miz. And he said, if I ever became a wrestler, I'll be the Miz. And the whole season of that of that show, he always had a WWF championship belt. He was acting like this over-the-top Miz. Not the character that he is now, but a very mm-hmm. stereotypical wrestler. And I was like, this guy's never going to make it. This guy's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like I, I was, I was right, never. Yeah. And then and after the uh, real-world road rules ended for like, 10 more years, they did the challenge. And he was, oh, remember that? Remember the real world world rules challenge? Yes, I do, actually. Okay. He was always a part of that every season. And he always fucking dominated. He always fucking won. I was like, this guy's not going to do it. He was still talking about the Miz. So to come back in 2016, fucking 16 years later, and see the Miz being this fucking star, (laughs) I'm blown away. I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, 
Do I like the fact that The Miz and Shane McMahon are now champions? No, because I know what's going to happen eventually. They're going to have a falling out and probably go head-to-head against each other at WrestleMania or probably after WrestleMania. Um, That's just me and the storylines of wrestling that I think it's going to happen because eventually the tag team is going to have to split up. I mean, hell, the New Age Outlaws split up, for God's sakes, which is arguably, arguably the greatest tag team of all time. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to fight you, or do you, do you just want to? No, no, I'm not asking you to fight me. I just, I just made a statement that I would say that the New Age Outlaws are probably one of the best tag teams of all time. I mean, okay, yeah, I, okay, I, all right, yeah, I, you're. I, I mean, I, yeah, one of. Okay, I mean, if you're talking of. top ten, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, that could be one of, could mean one of a hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm just saying it's like, so the New Age Outlaws, who were part of DX, eventually broke up. This team of Shane and Miz will eventually break up. So that will be an interesting storyline as it goes. I agree with you that this match is definitely a, a, a two and a half star. Cesaro, I'm just going to give you one bit of advice, pal. Just one bit of advice. It's been over a year and a half since you busted your shoulder. Your shoulder's fine. Take off the tape. Well, a lot of a lot of athletes do that to to keep, For, to keep themselves together. Yeah, but a year and a half. I'm just it saying it's part better. of the it's part of the look now. Yeah, I guess. But I don't have much to say about Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, Sheamus tried to have a a push there ten years ago, and the push didn't last too long because he decided to be what was it, Rocksteady or Bebop in Turtles Two, which we review. <laughs> <laughs> be popping a rock steady. Wow. Remember that? Uh, <laughs> I do. I do. So God bless him. The next match, the third match in the card was Ronda was Ronda Rousey. She went up against Sasha Banks for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Ronda comes in as the champion and defeats Sasha Banks with 13 minutes and 55 seconds. I was not into this match when I heard about it on the match card. Um, I was like, Ronda Rousey, Sasha Banks. So let me just go right off the bat about what I feel about Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, I know from UFC. And I know she ended UFC with getting her ass fucking pummeled. But from what I could see... Yeah. But what I could see in UFC, though, she was pretty much a bad woman. I mean, she she was a badass woman. Yeah, she was. I mean, she kicked my ass. I'd I'd love her to kick my ass. Right? Just, just, just fuck me later. Yeah, yeah, please. I mean, I won't be able to do anything, so you got to be on top. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed she's married now because the night before a fight, wherever she was, she can get on Tinder and find a dude and bone him because she needed to get her, uh, she need, she needed her adrenaline rush. That's that's. Just, she just, true, she could just find a random, some random dude on Tinder and bone him. No, she said it. She has said as much. Oh, really? She actually said that the night before a fight, she would find a guy and fuck him. Yeah, she needed to get her adrenaline going. All right then. Well, wait a minute. Doesn't make any sense because if she would fuck and 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 fucking have an orgasm, that she would be relaxed and calm, and she would not have any anyway. Anyway. So when she's in the WWE, I see her as a badass chick, right? Sure. She's she's a real fighter. Yeah. Sasha Banks. Becky Lynch, I mean, all the women, when it comes to a fist fight, 
cannot hold a, cannot hold a candle to Ronda Rousey to a real fist fight. I would agree with that. <laughs> to a legitimate fist fight. Maybe Nia Jax because she's a fucking brick house. Even but, still, even still. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. so so it's like it's the Royal Rumble. This is the first big show of the year. And she's going to defend her title against Sasha Banks. Oh, this is a squash. This is going to be a five-minute match. You know, she's going to do the fucking arm bar and done. Right. No, this turned out to be an almost 14-minute match. And these two put on a pretty good show. I mean, I was mm-hmm. not I was not totally fucking invested. But I was intrigued enough to keep watching. I thought they, these two did a fucking good match. I was surprised. Yeah, I 100% agree. I was with much like the the Lesnar Balor match. I was so pleasantly surprised at the performance of both wrestlers in this match. I don't see Ronda Rousey as a very good professional wrestler. Again, not that she can't kick my ass in a fight, and she's working on it. You can see, you know, when she debuted a year and a half ago. You know, you can see the difference from then until now. It's light years ahead of where it was as somebody who's been watching wrestling for a long time. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. So, um, you know, you know, during the pay-per-views, it's a pay-per-view, so they have mics around the ring so you can hear the wrestlers talk shit, you know? Uh-huh. She's, and last night during the pay-per-view, she said that comment. I'll shut up so you can finish your point. She goes, you don't think I can wrestle? Watch this. And she starts doing these wrestling moves on Sasha. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like she's she's come a long way, like legitimately has 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 come a long way. And I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at at how good she is. Um I don't honestly know the people who've really trained her. Um I, I I mean I know that they right that they say it's Natalia. I know that they've said that, but I don't know. Yeah, no, who's... it's three big ones. It's Natalia, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, and then the last one is completely out of the blue. You wonder what that is? Who? Gold Dust. Well, you know what? And I've said this before on on Call to the Ring, and I mean it. Gold Dust is one of the best in-ring performers in the history of professional wrestling. Well, he trained that dude fucking, fucking knows. That he dude fucking her. knows. He fucking right. Her. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take you at your word because I just don't know. I, I believe it, but I, I, I have no. I looked it up last night during the match. I was like, "Who the fuck trained her?" Because I thought the same thing you did. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, who the fuck trained her?" And it was Natalia, Kurt Angle, and Gold Dust. Gold Dust trained her at the Performance Center with Kurt Angle. Natalia worked with her at the at the fucking heart dungeon or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like, you know, like for example, just just for shits and giggles, um, like the people who trained Shane McMahon, some of the best ever. Al Snow, Sergeant Slaughter, and uh, Tom Pritchard. You know, as we as we know Tom Pritchard, you know, his he's a fantastic, like a fantastic wrestler. Uh, or excuse me, a fantastic wrestling trainer. Um, and you've got, you know, let's you know, you've got Guys, for, you know, people that have trained like, like Becky Lynch, the the person who, uh, who who trained Becky Lynch is Finn Balor. Okay, so like you 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 know you don't think about who really trained these people, sure. You know, but you know, but like Finn Balor, Finn Balor trained Becky Lynch, and Sergeant Slaughter and Al Snow trained trained 
shamed it back. So when when you hear like the on screen story of like Natalia training, like okay, I believe part of that, but there's somebody else that was really there, and I and I didn't know, so I'll take you at your word for it. I mean, like what I would say is probably what happened was she went to Rondo went to the performance center as soon as she signed and worked with gold dust and Kurt angle for a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To get the basics, to get the fundamentals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I would have to take a guess. And then after she quote unquote graduated from that, then they took her to Natalia to give her some of the other stuff that she could use. You know what I mean? Like, like the actual, probably. actual in-ring stuff that you're going to need. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, mm-hmm. but I would say that Angle and Golder, Gold Dust, knowing those two wrestlers, gave her the fundamentals. This is how you take a bump. This is how you do a fake hit because we know you know how to hit. So you can't yeah, do <laughs> don't don't punch anybody. Please don't yeah. punch anybody. Yeah. You'll fucking kill them. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I found very interesting was it actually made my stomach turn. Was uh, she was uh, wrestling against Sasha Banks last night for the WWE Raw Women's Title, and Ronda Rousey kept on. Uh, putting Ron, I'm sorry, Sasha Banks kept on putting Ronda Rousey in kind of like this arm bar in a way, which she would be behind her back and pull her mm-hmm. arm up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could see the top part of Beck of uh, fucking Ronda Rousey's shoulder popping out like her bone. Well, I, she's got to be double jointed or something because there's there's no way that that didn't tear, wouldn't have tore something apart. That's what I'm saying. I was like, because I was watching this and I'm just like, oh. And wife's like, what? And I'm like, that doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That does not, I mean, I know it's like, you know, fake or entertainment or whatever, but that does, that does not look good. One of two things has to have happened here. Number one, Ronda Rousey's double jointed. And they took full advantage of that. The two of them in the ring, they took full advantage of that. Or Sasha Banks, like Ronda Rousey must have, must have punched Sasha Banks. And those two people in the ring, you know, not them specifically, but there are guys that are notorious for doing shit. Like if you accidentally punch somebody for real and they're a really good grappler, they'll put you in a hold that like is is a millimeter away from tearing your arm out of its socket. Yeah, no, it looked bad. So, I mean, Sasha, it looked bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ronda Rousey eventually wins the match. I'm going to give this one a three-star. It, it was a pretty decent match. I liked it. I know what's coming next. We got the Women's Royal Rumble, so I'm excited to get to that. But three-star match. So far, this Royal Rumble pay-per-view is really getting me excited. Uh, how many stars do you give this one? So, yeah, I mean, without getting into too much detail, I, I'm going to go a little bit – I'm going to go a little step further. I'm going to say this is a three-and-a-half-star match. Okay. Um, so far, and as we'll get through the, the, the remainder of it, the women – it, the women totally stole the show in this Royal Rumble. It wasn't forced like they had been trying to do, uh, but the women legitimately stole the show. Oscar and Becky Lynch is five stars. Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks is three, is three and a half stars. And only because Ronda Rousey still is not there yet. Yeah. I'm not saying she's not going to be there, but at this moment when we're reviewing this, the match was is not a five star match because Ronda Rousey's not there yet. Sasha Banks surprised me. I yeah, never saw her as a great in ring performer. I saw she's got a great following, great on the mic, good in the ring, but she was on her game in that match. This was the best match I've ever seen out of Sasha Banks, and and I'm it, you know the only reason I'm not giving it another five stars is because Ronda Rousey just ain't quite there yet. 
but she's getting there. You know what? I'm going to end this and go to the women for a rumble here with my two cents about the women nowadays. Because I don't know when we're going to actually talk about all these women. Maybe in the 10th anniversary of calling the ring, <laughs> but we have so much to cover. Right. These women impress me. And the reason why is for multiple reasons, but I'll give you the simple reasons, Ed. I grew up and you grew up, and hopefully a lot of our fans, because they can kind of get an idea here, during the Attitude Era. Sure. We had Sable. We had Trish Stratus. She was sexified at the beginning. We had Tori Wilson. These women did not wrestle. These women were sex objects. They had bras and panty matches, which 12-year-old Jordan loved the shit out of. Of course. You know, but, you know, I'm a grown-ass man and times have changed. Um, what I'm trying to say is this women's evolution in wrestling, I don't think it's an evolution of the women are getting the shots, like the Royal Rumble, like women's tag titles now and all this shit. I think that women's evolution is these women are fucking good. They are. And that's the evolution is that we actually get good athletes in this. Because Sasha, Sasha Banks always liked her with Bailey. You know, she's fun. No big deal. She's just one of those wrestlers that, you know, we get the title once in a while. But she's like an Naomi. I really like to watch her, but I don't expect anything great out of her like a Becky Lynch or like a Charlotte Flair, right? Mm-hmm. But she held her own against the baddest woman in the planet. Yeah. And I was impressed. Yeah, I know. Listen, I 100% agree with you. I still think that there are some of the lower level women wrestlers that aren't quite good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's that. Well, there's some. There are more men that are. There are more men that are in the ring that are bad than there are women that are in the ring that are bad at this particular moment in professional wrestling. Um, you know, but the women that are on the top, you're you're. And I'm talking in-ring performances. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Asuka, Sasha Banks. Bailey. Uh, she's not quite there. She's not quite there. I like Bailey. I think I Bailey. do too. I do too, but she's just not quite Natalia, on that. Natalia's a legend. But she's not there either. She's not as good as those women. Though well, I would pushed. She's not pushed. No, I'm but just t- I'm just push. telling you from what I'm from what I see in the ring, I see a lot of botched moves. I see a lot of slow and, and, and I see a lot of telegraph moves that aren't being properly countered the way that the, a lot of the you know a lot of the guys do it. But and I'm not criticizing I'm not criticizing them because they do this better than I ever could. That's why they do it and I don't. But as what I see is 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 is, is as a professional wrestling fan. I would put legitimately, I'd put Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Asuka up against any four guys in the ring. I don't mean like fighting in a, you know, an eight-man, ta- an eight-person tag match. I don't mean that. I mean like their in-ring abilities. I'd put them up against, pick a hundred, pick a hundred guys. You know, with the exception, you know, or even you know what I even put. Let's put guys like, like. Finn Balor in there, who's I mean, incredible. Uh, put Kenny Omega in there, who you've never seen yet, but when you do, you'll you'll know what I mean. Is he from NXT? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, he's Kenny Omega is the biggest star in the world. That's not in WWE. 
Um, Kenny Omega is. I want. I'll just. I'll let him. I'll let him. We'll we'll discuss that at another time. Okay. Um, and you know, AJ Styles. Uh, who did I say? AJ Styles, Finn Balor, um, Kenny Omega. You know, I, those guys. I'd put the. You know, even Seth Rollins is up there. Um, I'd put those four up against anybody, and I think that the women may come out on top in terms of just looking at their in-ring ability. Okay. Seriously. So, yeah, I mean, 100%, this is exactly what you said. It's, it's not just about a women's evolution because they're saying we're going to make women – we're, we're just saying we're going to have women headline WrestleMania. These people are actually really fucking good, and they legitimately deserve to be headlining WrestleManias and headlining pay-per-views. Well, and will you know, this WrestleMania, I feel. Yeah, I, I fully 100% predict, and if we'll get into be, it. Yeah, if it's going to be what we think, then it could be. So let's get into the uh, yeah. Women's Royal Rumble here. Uh, the Women's Royal Rumble lasted for an hour and 12 minutes, and the 30 Women Royal Rumble match uh, ended with Becky Lynch winning eliminated Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to bear with me, but I want to tell the fans this. So I'm going to go fast, but bear with me. This is an order from 1 to 30, the women that were part of the Rumble. So I'm going to murder these names, but bear with me. Lacey Evans, Natalia, Mandy Rose, Liv Morgan, Mickey James, Ember Moon, Billy Kay, Nikki Cross, Peyton Royce, Tamina, Zaya Lee, Sarah, Ro- uh, Sarah Logan, Charlotte Flair, Kari Sain, Sain, which I like her. Mm -hmm. She's a pirate chick. Yep. Marina Kalinas, Naomi, Candice LeRae, Alicia Fox, Casey Conchasso. She's from NXT. I'm sorry. Uh, You got Selena Vega, Ruby Riot, Dana Brooke, Io Ciara from NXT, Mm -hmm. Rhea Ripley from NXT uh, from UK. Oh, I love her. I'm in love with her. Uh, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Nia Jax, and Carmella. So let's talk about Becky Lynch on this match real quick here. Uh, Becky Lynch was not supposed to be in the storyline. She was not supposed to be a part of the Women's Royal Rumble uh, when because she because traditionally, if you are in a title match in the Royal Rumble besides the actual Royal Rumble match, then you do not get a shot at the Royal Rumble. Um, but. Uh, at, at, at number 28, Lana comes out, which in the pre-show, she breaks her ankle. It's injured, yeah. And she's hobbling out to the ring. The announcers try to sell it. Oh, she can't compete. She can't compete. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. Where'd that come oh, from? I don't know. And a little better? Miller High Life. Um, the Champagne sorry. of Beers. The Champagne Which can be found uh, in, inside the cellar. Yes, yes. Give me, give me that real quick. What is inside the cellar? Inside the Cellar is a great subscription service for uh, for alcoholic beverages. It teaches you how to pair proper wines and proper liquors and proper beers with the proper foods. Uh, very educational process, but also will deliver to your house. Uh, you have to prove that you're 21, obviously, um, and we do want you to drink responsibly. Uh, but you know, Inside the Cellar is a is a is, a, is an alcohol service, beer service, uh, subscription service that will deliver the proper alcohol to your house for your taste and needs. There we go. So make sure to check out inside this. Uh, make sure to check out inside the seller.com. So Becky Lynch comes in at number 28. What happens is Lana has a broken ankle. Uh, she cannot compete. She can't even get halfway down to the ramp. Becky looks at says, I want to go. I want to go. They let her go in. And then 
she sells this very interesting um, landing on her ankle wrong at the end of the Royal Rumble match. Right, right. Um, and then she finishes out with Charlotte. So that's the ending. But let's talk about the beginning here. We got Lacey Evans against Natalia. Uh, Lacey Evans is actually credited as a free agent. She lasted 29 minutes and 20 seconds, and she eliminated two women. Lacey Evans. She's um, really good. She's surprisingly good. From NXT. Um, and I, I love that pinup look. Um, I don't mean in a sexual way. I, I just, I've always had a thing for uh, that style, that era. I like the whole sailor kind of thing. I, I dig that look, that pinup look. Um, but she was she was really good. I, I was pleasantly surprised at her her abilities uh, in this match, which don't have the you don't really you're not really able to see wrestling skills in a in a battle royal like this. So well, you know why she's you know, wearing this, right? Well, she's the lady. She's the lady of WWE. No, 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 no. The reason why Lacey Evans is is wearing this is because she actually in real life is a former U.S. Marine. Well, I didn't know that. I knew she had a kid, and she was trying to like clean up NXT or something. Like that. No, no, no. I mean, like L- Lacey Evans in real life is a real life retired U.S. Marine, and she served as a military officer for Special Recon Team, or or also SWAT. I did see. I did not know this, but you know, it makes sense. And you know, she is enlisted when she was nineteen years old. She served five years, and she earned a bachelor's degree in construction business while in active duty. Wow. So um, she she is a part of, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, of her thing. Uh, her name, though, Lacey Evans, is actually her sister's legal name. Oh, really? Her real name is Macy Evans, and she was born in on March 24th, 1990. She's 28 years old, and she's from Georgia. She has one child. So uh, the reason I'm talking about her is because she is definitely a Marine woman, and that's not the kind of woman that I'm attracted to. No, and I am not watching these women because I'm sexually attracted to them. I'm just saying... I did not enjoy watching her, and I also loved the fact that the announcer said she's pretty much Charlotte Flair because she's <laughs> exactly like they do look. Flair. They do look exactly like yes. She did. My girl, though, that I love, Liv Morgan, comes in at number four, and she's eliminated in eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I love Liv Morgan. I love that blue tongue. Uh, very Harley Quinn kind of girl. I fell in love with her because if you, the fans, are interested in watching a little show on the WWE Network called Ride Along, they put cameras into the cars while the wrestlers travel from one arena to the next. Have you seen this one? Mm-hmm. This is with Liv Morgan and uh, Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot. I've not seen the episode. No, I thought I, I've seen the show. Yeah. But Liv Morgan wants to drive the girls, and throughout the whole episode, the girls were worrying that Liv was going to kill them because she's a terrible driver. And Sarah Logan is straight-up hillbilly in in real life. She's a straight-up redneck. And she takes out of her bag a Ziploc bag of steak and a Ziploc bag of mashed potatoes. (laughs) And she lets three big, wet, nasty farts in the SUV and makes Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan physically ill. 
smell. <laughs> it is hilarious to check out. Go to the WWE Network and check out Right Along with Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. It is fucking hilarious. I'm going to have to do that. Uh, Mickey James comes in at number five. Now, Mickey James, I remember from back in the day as having a lesbian crush or just a psychotic episode with Trish Stratus. Uh, That's not good. Why not? I'm no. I'm just saying that that was back in the day. That was no. I know, but that's the last time that I remember her. Yeah, that was that was back when we they were still divas and wearing yeah. bras and panties out to the ring. Yeah, but I remember those matches that they had. They had a great rivalry. Um, Royal Rumble, Ed. I, uh, last year we had more iconic, legendary women come into the fold. This year we didn't have that. Last year we had Lita, we had Trish Stratus, and Ronda Rousey showed up at the end. This year we didn't have. I mean, we also had Blaze who came out too. Mm-hmm. This year we didn't have any um, legends. I thought that was interesting choice. <clears throat> well, they've they've got enough talent on the roster that they don't need them. Men's, you always have to do something. You always have to do something like that. But, you know, and you've got to remember, the women who were great professional wrestlers, like Alundra Blaze, Beth Phoenix, and whatnot, uh, they're, they're, they're almost too old to go flying over the top rope. That's true. That's true. So why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you give me 60 seconds and tell me why you like Rio Ripley so much? Because I like that name Ripley because of, well, you know, aliens. So tell me why you have a why you have a love affair with Rhea Ripley. Well, mine's is clearly a misogynistic kind of point. The reason I like her, um, she, you know, forget. I'm, I'm going to get to the point where she's in the ring and whatnot. But I've just always loved that goth look, that 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 punk look. I, I think she's a I think she's a beautiful woman, and I would marry her if uh, if I had the ability to do so. Um, she was trained. By uh, by Sarah Amato, uh, you know what's his, I forget I forget the guy's name that she's married to that does a lot of uh, training and whatnot as well, um, you know. But she's somebody that that she's a she's from Australia, but she performs in NXT UK. Uh, Ray Ripley, she's just a badass chick, man. I I, I thoroughly enjoy watching her in the ring. Uh, she won the May Young Classic. Um, she, you know, and then now that she's been in in in, in NXT UK, uh, she's been one of those uh, kind of in ring performers that just just really tickle my fancy when it comes to to her in ring ability. But yeah, I mean, I just like her. I like her look from a physical perspective as a guy, but I love her in, ability in the ring. Well, I also love the fact that we had Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair as the last two women to go in this match. Uh, we knew, we knew as fans of wrestling and how the storylines work, that as soon as Becky Lynch came out, she was going to win the Rumble. Sure. But this is where I talk to people at work, and they don't understand it. And Gina, my wife, every time I say Gina, it's just my wife for the fans that don't know. Now she finally gets it. It's not the fact that you know as an example that Becky Lynch is going to run the rumble as soon as she comes out. It is the, how does she get there? That's the fun. 
Right. And I was nervous because I knew Becky was going to get it. It was like, how is she going to do this? How is she going to do this? You know, and then they do that fake leg injury thing. And then she's hobbling on one leg and saying, bring it on, bitch. And all that shit, you know, and like it was interesting to see how it was interesting for me, the journey. Do you agree that it's not that, you know, it's just the journey. Agreed. I mean, that's that's the thing about professional wrestling. And every once in a while, you will get where you'll get will get to the point to where they'll take it away from you. Like you expect the outcome, and they take it away from you. Um, but you know, and the most recent point of that is when uh, Goldberg beat beat uh, Brock Lesnar in ten seconds. Yeah, it's a virus you know, series in six Yeah, I did, not ex- I did not expect that. But that was my own stupid fault for not expecting that. At the same time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, we – I fully – even though she wasn't originally slated to be in the uh, in the match, I actually – we have a we have a, a pick-em league between some friends. That's how for nerdy we are. We are that fucking nerdy. Yeah, yeah. And I and Jordan asked me. He goes, "Well, who, who you have winning the uh, the women's Royal Rumble?" And I and I told him. And he goes, "She's not even in it. She has a title match." I said, "Just shut the fuck up and trust me." I said, "I've been watching wrestling long enough to know that now that the McMahons are back in charge, this is exactly what's going to happen." I said, "Somehow, some way, she's going to find her way into the match, and she's going to win it." And he actually he went along with me. He he understood. And when it happened. I texted him, and I, I and I texted him, and you know, you made, his response was basically, you know, shut the fuck up. You were right. No, yeah, yeah. I was tired about your big rhinoceros penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I successfully predicted every single match in the main card in our pickup. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, you did. The winners you did. You definitely won the, that one. The winners. Now I didn't get the final fours right. We did pick final fours for the. Yeah, uh, the Royal Rumbles, and I got three of the four women right. I predicted Ruby Riot would be in the final four, and I got the news late about John Cena being hurt for the men's final four. But we'll get into that. Yeah. But I, I accurately predicted the winners because I it just I know it, and you know sure. what? I don't care that I know professional wrestling this well. I loved the journey to get there. That's what wrestling's all about. Just like you, that's said. what we're saying. The journey. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's what professional wrestling's about. So the next match on the card was Daniel Bryan defending his WWE championship against AJ Styles in a match that lasted for 24 minutes and 35 seconds. Eventually, Daniel Bryan wins the match by having the ref get knocked out and having one of the Bludgeon Brothers guys, or no no longer Bludgeon Brothers guys, the Wyatt family guys, uh, come out and help him win. Um this one may be a fight. I don't know, Ed, but um, I am sick and tired of this rivalry. I'm over it, and I want it to end and move on. It's dead. Kill it. Well, and here goes to my previous point. Daniel Bryan is an inspiring story. The guy chased his dream. He was an underdog his whole life. He chased his dream, and he... He got there, and they didn't even want to give him the shot, much like CM Punk. They didn't want to give him the shot, but his his persistence and his abilities, uh, you know, say said otherwise. But especially since returning, and this new ridiculous character they gave him, 
Like Daniel Bryan, the reason he got over so well was because he's an underdog. And now you turn him into an, uh, an eco-terrorist, like an environmentally friendly eco-terrorist. Like, what? What? Well, okay. So let's, let's, and, let, let's talk. And about hang on. Wait, I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet. Oh, okay. And his, so skill, yet. his skills have eroded immensely in the ring. Okay. AJ Styles lapped him in the ring. Literally lapped him in the ring. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry to say, but Daniel Bryan never should have, never should have come back. He, he's ruined his legacy for me, um, because his. It's just like when, like when Hulk Hogan was 60 years old, fucking wrestling. You know, it was great to watch him and The Rock perform together, and we named our show after what they did in the ring. They called it in the ring when they switched gears. But you know, Hulk Hogan was a shell of him former of his former self. And Daniel Bryan's half his age, so, so yeah. I mean, this. Go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you make your point. No, no. This is this is my argument. I am going to agree with you that I don't like the new Daniel Bryan, um, but I think that the reason why you don't like it and the reason why that I don't like it is because we, you and you and I, are blue collar middle America middle class Joes. And we're not talking politics here. My personal opinion. This does not reflect Call in the Ring or Movie Guys Podcast or Ed. This is just Jordan's personal opinion. That I feel that middle class America, the blue collar Joes, get fucked in the ass more than anybody else when it comes to this country. And when Daniel Bryan is like us, that middle class kind of thing, and he succeeds and he wins the title at WrestleMania 30 and it's everything that everybody wanted. It is sad to see him turn into this angle of this new Daniel Bryan, but with him coming back, he had to do something because he couldn't do the yes movement for the next 10 years. He couldn't do that for, for the next 20 years. People will eventually get tired of it. They'll eventually turn on him. A la Roman Reigns. And it will just taint his career even more. I feel this is a new side of Daniel Bryan. Once he loses the title, his bad guy persona will end. That's my opinion. Um, probably. Probably. Because, I mean, yeah, it's a great story, but do you really, every time you just turn into SmackDown, do you really want to see Daniel Bryan in the Yes Movement for the next 10 fucking years? I don't. It'll get, it'll, it'll get annoying. It'll get boring. Give me something new to watch. Yeah. So they're trying something new with them. Which is fine. I'm not I'm not knocking them for trying something new. I just don't like the direction they're taking them. Uh, yeah. I think I think I think this particular he's a fucking eco terrorist is absolutely retarded. I mean, like what I would have rather have seen if I was a writer for WWE. I would have said, okay, let's not have him be this new Daniel Bryan guy. Let's have him be Daniel Bryan that we know Daniel Bryan. But he got jibbed on his fucking WrestleMania 30 championship because he was injured after that, and, and he had to relinquish the titles, and he had to retire, right? Mm-hmm. So now this is his second reign of having the title, 
he will do anything to keep that title because it was stolen from him because of an injury. That, I think, would have been a more appealing injury of the middle-class guy who gets screwed over, you know. Uh, I make a nickel, you make a dime. That's why I shit on company time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I think that should have been. Uh, AJ Styles is a great wrestler. I don't have a problem with AJ Styles, but I have a problem with AJ Styles in a little bit. I know I just contradicted myself because he is becoming a Brock Lesnar where it's like, since WrestleMania 34 last year, this guy has been involved in the WWE title since. It's been almost a year and I'm sick of it. I want new guys. There are no other guys. There aren't. There are. They're just not using them. I mean, like, there are good wrestlers that are fan favorites. I mean, you got Jeff Hardy, who is a fan favorite, who was a WWE champion at the time. 112 years old. He's not, but he's not even 40. So, there you go. Uh, His brother just retired, but continue. His brother did, but, you know, his brother is older. Uh, mm-hmm. you, got, you, you got you got you got Shinsuke who got fucked in the ass hardcore. Overrated in the ring, but yeah, continue. He got fucked. Rusev is a great fan favorite at the time. He's not anymore, but he was when I was at SmackDown last June. Mm-hmm. He'll be a good heel. I mean, fuck, you gave the title to Gender Mahal for six fucking months. He was a great heel. <laughs> good heel, bad wrestler. Samoa Joe. Great. But that's the only that's the only other one they can give it to. I mean Samoa Joe you can give it to. I mean like there are other wrestlers you can give this shit to. You just don't do it. I and mean I'm sick of AJ Styles in the hunt all the time. Look, they're they're really on SmackDown. There really is no other buddy there's no buddy else to give that that the titles to. AJ Styles is the best in the world. I mean, maybe they're having to give it to to him because they have to, or Daniel Bryan because there's nobody else. I mean, Samoa Joe is should you know should be should, uh, the only other person besides AJ Styles that should have it. Samoa Joe. Um, I mean, you're you're what are you gonna give it to? Fucking Mustafa Ali, a Drande, you know? I mean, like I mean, like no, I mean, Tom like, Benjamin. Like- I mean, Randy Orton maybe, but. Randy Orton, but like Mustafa Ali would be would be a pretty decent United States champion, I think. I mean, unless you move somebody like Elias over to SmackDown and gave him a shot, which he fucking deserves one. Yeah, he does. I I, I actually love Elias. I want to walk with Elias. <laughs> so WWE stands for. But they're really they're with the exception of the top couple of guys. There's nobody else. They don't have anybody else. This is my point. This is my point that. You know, you've got these four great, you know, women stars. And you don't really have that many men. You I know, mean, AJ do, but they're all on Raw. Well, Elias is, you know, Elias deserves a shot. Um, but Kevin I, Owens okay. was on SmackDown, but he well, yeah. was injured. Right. I mean, Seth Rollins can be in the mix. Um I don't want to see Drew McIntyre fucking over. No, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Drew. Yeah, Baron Corbin stinks. Bobby Lashley fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't like Bobby. I mean, I love Braun Strowman's character, but I don't know that I want him to be the champ. Uh, I don't want Dolph Ziggler because even though I love Dolph Ziggler, I don't think that 
I think that he's I, – I don't want to see Shawn Michaels again. I love well, Shawn Michaels. No, I'm saying I, know, I don't I don't want to see that again. Hey, 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 Ed. We've gone on for a long time here. Let's go to the next match here before I talk about the men's rumble, okay? Okay. So the next match was Brock Lesnar, who was the Universal Champion, with Paul Heyman going against Finn Balor for the WWE Universal Championship. The match ended in 8 minutes and 40 seconds. I wanted Finn to win. I am a Finn Balor fanatic. I'm a Finn Balor fan. I have not been excited about a wrestler since Stone Cold Steve Austin. Finn is my new Stone Cold and boy, was I disappointed that he did not win the title. But man, did he put Brock Lesnar to the fucking cleaners on this one? And yeah. there is, and there is more of a storyline coming up with this one than what we think. Because Brock Lesnar never, after a major pay per view event, and I looked it up, never after a major pay per view event for the title has Brock Lesnar ever decided to suplex City a guy multiple times afterwards. They're leading up to a storyline here. I think it's going to be Finn versus Brock as Finn is the demon at WrestleMania. That's what well, I think. Unfortunately, one of the things that we've missed while we were recording this is the fact that they're putting uh, him and Bobby Lashley had a thing. Um, we also missed the uh, Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley had a thing on okay. Raw tonight. Okay. And we also, we also missed my man, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, who you shat on, shat on this whole entire time we've done the show um, and the road dog performing together. But um, yeah, I mean, I was disappointed in the end of this match. I was, I, I felt like Finn Balor was taking Brock to task. I loved the fact that Brock was willing to be taken to task. Um, Cause I've never seen that out of him before. No, I agree. I've never seen him being willing to t- be taken to task for the better of the show, because Brock Lesnar doesn't give a fuck about the show. He only gives a, he only cares about himself and suplexing a dude 10 times, giving the fans the worst match on the card every single yep. time, every time, every, yeah, every time. And, um, you know, I did enjoy him being taken to task, but the end, they took it home. And that's the reason this match only lasted eight and a half minutes is because Brock Lesnar, it can't do this in the ring. They make it a point to say in the commentary, everybody says Brock Lesnar has no cardio, and I promise you he's he's got the best cardio in the WWE. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's fat. No, he's fat. Well, he's much better shape than I am. No, he's but, better shape than all of us. He'll kick our ass. Yes. He's fat, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't enjoy Brock Lesnar in the ring. I never have, and I never will. No. Um, I think they need to cut, cut ties with that, and the only reason that they keep him – is because he's the guy that does what Vince McMahon's favorite thing to do is, and that's take away the heart of the fan. He loves to do that. And I don't blame him. That's kind of part of being in control of an entertaining program like that. Yeah. But Finn Balor's performance bumps this up and Brock Lesnar's ability to take a bump. Uh, this match to me gets two and a half stars. Yeah, I'm Again, actually not going to argue with you on that one, too. Yeah, good. Brock, any match with Brock Lesnar starts at a star, at one star, and you have to force your way out of there. And Finn Balor did that. That's how good Finn Balor is. Yeah. 
All right, so now we're getting to the last match on the card here for the Royal Rumble, and it's the Men's Royal Rumble. It ended with Seth Rollins winning by last eliminated Braun Strowman at 57 minutes and 35 seconds. And just like I did with the women, I'm going to do with the men here. And here are the 30 men that were a part of the Rumble. We had Elias with J-E-double-F, Jeff Jarrett. Which was J E double F J A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett as a free agent, um, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. It went on too long, but it was fun. Shinsuke Nakamura, Kurt Angle, Big E, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano, Gargano my man, Mr. NX, Mr. Mr. TNA, Mr. Ring of Honor, Johnny Gargano. Uh, Jenner Mahal, Samoa Joe, Kurt Hawkins, Seth Rollins, Titus O'Neil, Kofi Kingston, Mustafa Ali, Dan Ambrose, No Way Jose, which was which who was eliminated in two seconds. In two seconds, yeah. And Titus O'Neil was eliminated in five seconds. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods, Pete Dunn. Yep. Um, and <laughs> Andrade. 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 Apollo mm-hmm. Cruz, uh, Alice Sister Black, Shelton Benjamin. Baron Corbin, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton, and no R-Truth, but Nia Jax. Nia Jax should have won this fucking Royal Rumble. I'll get to that in a minute. But I will say the one thing that I was hoping to see, and I I did not know Jeff Garrett was coming out, and I'm disappointed that we didn't have the following. In, In their time in TNA, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett owned the fucking owned the place, right? And Kurt Angle went because Vince made him retire. He's like, I'm not ready to be done in the ring. You're going to break your neck. I'm not going to put up with that. Kurt Angle refused to retire, went to TNA, had a great run. You know, him and Sting had, like, they were the two veterans, and Hogan was there and blah, blah, blah. blah. But on a personal note, Jeff Jarrett stole Kurt Angle's wife in real life. Karen Angle is now Karen Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett is daddy to Kurt Angle's kids. And we all we almost had we almost had those two in the ring at the same time. Yeah, I know. So so this is funny. My wife They probably my- refuse to be in the ring together, by the way. I would not I would imagine that they Oh I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. Um my wife doesn't know anything about wrestling. She's learning as she's going along, right? Sure. And Jeff Jarrett comes out, and she looks at him, and he takes off his hat, and she goes, her exact words was, and I quote, who the hell is this old piece of shit? <laughs> and I said, this is Jeff motherfucking Jarrett. This guy was actually awesome in WCW. I loved Jeff Jarrett in WCW at the end of WCW when before they went under. He was fun. He was, he was the heel. He was a champion for a while in WCW at the end. And... um he was just fun to be around. I knew that him and uh, Vince McMahon had a falling out. Um, but uh, it was fun to see him in it. I thought that it went too long with Elias. But it was still fun to see them do it. Because that was because that's it. You know, like the Royal Rumble is also supposed to be about surprises. Uh, myself and a lot of people say that the 2001 Royal Rumble is the best. I mean, fuck, we had Drew Carey in that, for God's sakes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for you and for all the fans in the call it in the ring verse. I don't know all the, remember all the lyrics, but I'm going to sing right now. He's like, 
You know, you you know, my baby's got me wrapped around her little finger because she knows that I would walk to hell and back to be with her. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. I still remember that shit from the WWE, the album, WWF, the album. You so don't remember that? So that's <laughs> it for calling in the ring. Ed has <laughs> officially serenaded me. I'm going to end the show, drive three hours uh, east to Pennsylvania, and be with him sexually. Um, I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. You're going to be alone with me tonight, baby. I'm driving. <laughs> you and I are going to just, we're going to have a great night tonight. Oh! <laughs> so that's the end of Call in the Ring. See you guys later. Uh, no. Um, so, yeah, I don't have much to say about this match because I knew before the Royal Rumble even started that it was going to be Seth Rollins that was going to win it. Again, though, it was the journey going into it. Um, Baron Corbin, I still like as a heel. And what I mean by that is he's just a good heel. He's just a good bad guy. Why? Because I fucking hate him. <laughs> Too I mean, regardless of his in-ring performance, let's just throw that out the window. Just... Him as an actor, him as a character, right? I fucking hate him, which means he's a good fucking heel. That's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, that's the whole point. He's just a good heel. And he's he's slimy. He's just he's just very ugh. He's like he's icky, you know? And uh he reminds me of a car salesman. Does he know? Yeah, well, yeah, he does. He reminds me of that car salesman. That will do whatever he can to get the deal. Don't give a fuck. That's what he reminds me of. Oh. Well, I know. Back to any car salesman. I'm just saying that's the kind of guy that he, that that reminds me of him. Well, fuck you, first of all. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm just telling you that it's not every car salesman. I know that there are a lot of great car salesmen out there that will not try to fuck me in the ass when it comes to buying a car. I'm just trying to tell you, this guy fits the stereotype of a fucking used car salesman. I guess it's better than being a retarded-ass forklift driver. Hey, you know what? At least I'm not out trying to sell fucking... All right, so let's get back. Let's get back to this let's thing. Get back, let's get back. So look, okay. So Seth Rollins enters at number ten. He lasts forty-five minutes and ends up winning the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and our truth comes out. We know he's number thirty, and nobody gives a shit about our truth. No. That's why they didn't really want him in the thing. But they he, they they won the mixed bags challenge, so he won the number thirty entrant. Mm-hmm. And Nia Jax comes out and whoops his ass and comes out, and I'm thinking. This is going to be the greatest moment ever. We're going to have a female win the men's Royal Rumble. Like, we're going to have – like, it's going to be awesome. I I thought Nia Jax was going to come in and just annihilate these people. And the guys that were that were left, there were several guys that were left. Like, Dolph uh, – not Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Randy Orton was left. Ray Mysterio was left. Like, they like, eh, I don't want to hit you. And she provoked him. And you know what? She got an RK out of nowhere. She got a 619. I, I'm disappointed, however, that she – let that they left that – quickly that she was eliminated that quickly. She was only in there for three minutes. I, I wish they would have done more. I actually wish she would have won. I think that would have made it a better storyline. What is your heart on with Nia Jax? No, I I'm, I'm not saying I even necessarily like her in the ring. She's one of the ones that I, 
that I named as being kind of sort of a subpar in-ring performer as from a fan perspective. But I think that would have made for a great story. And they have the opportunity to turn her into a, into a calm, into a great giant, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, into a great giant bad guy, into a great heel. And they're not letting her be a good heel. You know, maybe it's just because she's a big sweetheart and she doesn't want to be one. I don't know. Well, but she would be trying to be. Yeah, I mean, and maybe they're moving her that direction. And I, and when she first came out, like if they gave her Tamina's attitude, you know what I mean? Then, then that she would be able to up her character a long way. All right, fair enough. You know, fair but enough. but again, you know, this is this is a thing. Like WWE right now has a lot of low level, or excuse me, low ability in ring performers specifically at the men level, men's level, who cannot be trusted to be in the main event at WrestleMania. That's why they have to put Seth Rollins back there. Yeah. Look, Seth Rollins deserves it, though. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't. But, you know, like, there are legitimately 25 other people in this thing out of 30 that have no business – being in the spot to have a number one contenders match yeah. at WrestleMania, and I'm not yeah. saying, and I'm not saying WWE's ever had more than five guys who are capable of holding that torch. You know, Randy Orton's one of them, maybe Braun Strowman, maybe maybe Dolph Ziggler, but nobody else should be. I don't care. I don't want them in the main event at WrestleMania. I don't want the you know as much as I like them. I don't want Dean Ambrose in the main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't want or, Titus O'Neil in the main event at WrestleMania. God bless Titus O'Neil. God damn it. Yeah, and you know, and, and I mean, guys like Johnny Gargano are are that capable, but he's not ready yet. Nobody knows him well yet. Um, Shinsuke is is good. He's overrated, I think, but he's not capable of holding. You know, in a, a, a match at WrestleMania, being main event, even though he did, he won. He, I get that. I respect it. I'm, I'm fully. Yeah, I'm, I know, well, it's well. He, I he said that win. backwards. Yeah. I said that backwards. He won the Royal Rumble and did have his moment in the sun at WrestleMania. I said that backwards. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, I just don't like. Really, I mean, you've got Seth Rollins that could do it. I would love to see them let Elias do it. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he's there. He'll be a good heel. Yeah, uh, but he's too over. He's too over to be a heel. Yeah. Uh, they're trying like hell, but he's too over. Um, Randy Orton can do it. Um, I think Braun Strowman can do it, and I think Dolph Ziggler can do it. And of the guys that were in the Rumble, that's really it. I liked uh, to end the show. I liked Elias's line at the beginning of the Rumble where he says. It's because you all are here to see me. Unfortunately, there's not these many fans at a Diamondbacks game. Yeah, yeah. I, I love. That. I love when heels do that kind of thing. Yeah, he always does that. Well, that concludes Calling on the Ring special episode of our reaction episode to the 2019 Royal Rumble, our first modern day take into the uh, wrestling world here. But don't be worried, everybody. Ed and I will be back in two weeks for another special episode here. Uh, for another awesome episode, I guess, of Call in the Ring, we're going to be talking about a wrestler. And we're going to tell everybody now who the wrestler is that we're going to be talking about so you can prepare yourselves for it. It's going to be a very controversial episode. But our next episode 
We're going to dedicate the whole episode to Chris Benoit, the rabid Wolverine, the crippler. We're going to be talking about Chris Benoit here in a few weeks uh, for calling in the ring here. So make sure to check that episode out because it should be a very interesting episode. So uh, but like this episode. Make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.com, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Go to YouTube for slash movieguyspodcast and go ahead and check us out on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Movie Guys Podcast and also check us out on iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio, Movie Guys Podcast. You can find out all these episodes for Calling on the Ring and also all the episodes of Movie Guys Podcast and For Distraction as well. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Calling on the Ring. And thank you so much for joining me. And we'll be back in two weeks for an episode for Chris Benoit. Have a good night.